The reason that you don't know, most people don't know, that coffee is grown in Hawaii or in the United States is because the coffee that's grown in the United States in Hawaii is usually sold locally. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Ford, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode three of a five-part series with just me. We are talking about my first coffee origin trip, and that was to the Kona region of Hawaii. Most people don't know that coffee is grown in the United States, they, and there is a very interesting reason for this. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about the complicated market that is US-grown coffee. The reason that you don't know, most people don't know, that coffee is grown in Hawaii or in the United States is because the coffee that's grown in the United States in Hawaii is usually sold locally. Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. And if most of, most of us who have had Kona Coffee have visited Hawaii or been given a gift of it, and it's the shitty, super dark roasted stuff that's bought at the gift shop, either at the airport or at some second wave cafe uh, close to the airport. And I have to tell you my experience of the coffees that I've drunk from uh, producers in Hawaii. Again, I recognize that it's a very privileged position, but the coffees that I have drunk uh adjust next level but those coffees rarely make it out of the U- out of the US or rarely make it out of Hawaii because the economy is a tourist economy and they sell all their coffee locally it is also very complicated from another perspective it is when you look at the price of what a specialty grade gesha uh, or a Pacamara is sold, when it's grown in America, the cost of production is already far exceeding the cost of production of most origin countries. Because the labor force is paid in US dollars and there is a minimum wage. So what you're looking at is coffee pickers being paid anywhere between 18 and $25 an hour for the labor force and it is it is really interesting to look at the financials and the way that coffee is priced over there so a cup of coffee is you know you're paying five dollars minimum for a latte which is pretty much how it is uh on the on the mainland um but when you're looking at a bag of coffee I bought a variety of different coffees from around the island from specific producers. And those, the cheapest one that I bought was 250 grams for uh, $40 US. So this is where it starts to become very interesting uh, because this was from the producer. 
So imagine now, as we start to get into the complicated elements of this, a producer has a tourist trade that are coming to their farm to do a farm tours. They're selling roasted coffee to the local tourists. That generates a a great income for them or it generates perhaps a fair income for them. That's a part of the tourist attraction that they get to walk on the farm. They get to then buy a bag of coffee. They take it home and they're able to extend their experience of their beautiful vacation away from the Kona region of Hawaii into their morning routine. But now look at it from the other perspective of the producer. If a producer wants to diversify their revenue streams and start selling their green coffee. Now they are competing with other origin countries to get their coffee sold. Let's say on the mainland, let's say in Australia, let's say in Europe, let's say anywhere. They, if if producers who are growing coffee in Hawaii are looking to get their coffee sold as green coffee outside of the island, they are likely not to be offered the same amount as what they would be offered to sell their green coffee to other producers on the island. And this is where everything starts to get very, very complicated. For a consultant like me who's trying to help a client diversify in their revenue stream so that we can hedge against economic forces that are coming down the pipeline, Now, when you get onto the world stage and you're trying to move these coffees into different markets, a Gesha from the United States is now competing with the price of a Gesha from Colombia or from Panama or from somewhere else, Guatemala, Costa Rica, Ethiopia. All of these countries have divine Geshas. But the United States, because of its high wages that they're paying pickers and other uh, labor forces on the farms compared to those in other origin countries find it very difficult to compete. Now, that origin is in quite spoilt at the moment. They're spoilt because they really don't have a need if everything remains as it is right now and as it has been for quite some time, they really don't have a need to look for um, buyers of their green coffee outside of the United States. But things are going to change. Tourists, as the cost of living crisis uh, becomes more embedded in American culture and in cultures around the world or in economies around the world, what you're going to start to see is that people are going to eventually slow down in their holidaying uh, and the tourist trade, in my opinion, is going to start slowing down. So what happens next? Um, Do producers end up having to find, do they increase their prices? Do they end up needing to find other ways to sell their coffees? It all starts to get a little complicated. But the main thing that I want to point out in this episode is the complicated nature of the pricing structures for producers. And the United States 
grows coffee in California and it grows coffee in Hawaii. Both of those two states have amongst the highest minimum wage in the country. And the people who are picking coffee, the people who are processing coffee, everybody involved in that supply chain is getting paid US standards. It's illegal not to. And everywhere I witnessed, um, they have on top of that fee, because of the labor shortage, they have to spend exorbitant amounts of money to secure visas and air tickets and housing, et cetera, et cetera, for their seasonal pickers, which again, compared to other origin countries is infinitely more expensive because you're paying um, at a different living standards. Uh, you know, the, the minimum requirements for housing are dictated by um, agricultural departments and and uh, there's laws about all of these things and everyone complies. The penalties are just too much if you don't. So, you know, you, you look at why more people don't know that coffee is grown in the United States and it's grown in Hawaii and it's this sublime standard of coffee it's because they have created their own ecosystem for selling that coffee. I suspect that's going to change and I'm going to cover that more in um, the next episode because I do think that there are some interesting and, and perhaps dangerous times ahead for people who are not paying attention to what the economic pressures and forces are that are coming down the pipeline. So I hope you'll join me for that. Um peace of peanut butter have an amazing rest of your day thanks for tuning in friends there are two ways you can support this podcast firstly become a paid member of our youtube channel secondly you can join our patreon for as little as three dollars a month both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends the daily coffee pro is produced by map it forward and the music you're listening to is called run 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 off of my album laundry after midnight to get older episodes of this podcast as well as more information on Mapper Forward, head to mapperforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.